Hello, Once Podcasters, Daniel, Denny, Jeremy, and Dan. It's Mig Macario. Uh, I play Bashful on Once Upon a Time. Thank you so much for supporting our show um, and helping it, uh, making what it is. And thank you for your podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy this week's episode, episode 21. It is a very dwarf-alicious episode. And uh, hello to all of the listeners and uh, fans of uh, the Once Podcast. Enjoy. Kick axe. Hi-ho. Take care. Bye. You're listening to Once, episode 36, An Apple Red as Blood. Welcome to Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we're so happy to have you listening to us for this episode about an apple red as blood. And huge thank you to Mig, who plays Bashful. And he didn't sound too bashful in that call. No, and he said all our names. (laughs) I know, I feel so special. (laughs) Thank you very much for sending that to us, Mig. And everyone, please let uh, Mig, as well as the other dwarfs who have called in, like Happy and Sleepy, and we've got some other surprises in the future coming, let them know that you heard their voicemail and you appreciate their calling in. Thank and, you, Bashful. Yeah. And we'll have links in the show notes where you can follow these people too over at oncepodcast.com slash 36, the show notes for this episode. Now, please go over to oncepodcast.com. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, subscribe easily there in your player of choice and join the forums and also get the show notes for this episode. And you can follow each of us and all of that cool stuff. So let's get talking into this cool episode, an apple red as blood. I love the title, by the way. But we didn't really see a red apple at first. We saw black apples and <laughs> rotten apples. It was kind of purple. <laughs> there were red I apples thought. on her table yeah. in her drink. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and her and- meat. That was. His- <laughs> uh, I don't call it meat. Yeah, I call it I'd crazy s- dream food. Said it was roast beef at first, and I don't know what it is now. After looking at it again, I think looking at this episode uh, from an overall perspective, well, for one thing, amazing soundtrack, I think, by Mark Isham. And that soundtrack will be coming out. Uh, well, it's already out. You can get it from Amazon, the disc version, but the downloadable MP3s aren't in iTunes or Amazon yet. We'll have links to those when they are available. But uh, wonderful soundtrack by Mark Isham. And uh, I loved it in this because you could just feel it build and we got to see some awesome fight scenes and the dwarves really kick some butt in this. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention fairies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And it seemed like we saw almost everybody in fairy tale land attacking the castle. It was cool to see everyone rallying together for something like all the primary characters that is some of them. True. I didn't see the little cricket guy. Yeah, that's right. Where was he? <laughs> I don't know that he'd have had a whole lot to do. He might have been on, d- on a date with a fairy somewhere. Oh, I thought you were going to say he, <laughs> he might have been sitting on someone's shoulder. He wasn't the one that dated fairies, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Grumpy. But, uh, yeah, awesome episode. And last episode before the finale. Indeed. This is going to be an awesome finale. I'm sure of it. 
it, because we we really don't know where it could go after this. Like, will Emma believe? Won't she believe? Will Henry wake up? Will he not? <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into our uh, full discussion on this, I want to thank just a couple sponsors who have sent in some donations to help keep the podcast running. Sandra and Charlene Nelson have both sent in donations, and uh, we really appreciate that. It helps cover the expenses, which have been rising as uh, the podcast gets more popular. And we appreciate the community members in the podcast and in the community and forums and stuff. But it takes some beefy hardware to run that. So huge thanks to Sandra and Charlene Nelson for contributing to this. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. So let's start talking about fairy tale land. Well, first of all, the title screen, uh, Jeremy, you were right. Snow White is leading it, mm-hmm. leading the dwarves. It's the same scene as uh, the episode Dreamy, which is episode 14. Except this time, Snow White oh, okay. is in front. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's a little bit taller in comparison to the dwarves in the title screen <laughs> yeah. than she is in actual yeah. real life. Yeah, definitely. Fairy tale lifeness. They emphasize that there. Yeah, I don't really see the dwarves being that much smaller um, the way they film it. I just assume that they're pretty much just like a five foot two or four. Yeah. Just Yeah, just a little bit shorter. But uh, the dwarves are all great personalities, I think. The people they got to play the parts all fit the parts really well and look mm-hmm. the parts. I know. Really and well. yeah. And then Sleepy later on talking about, is she sleeping? <laughs> I love how they keep to their character and they do funny little <laughs> things like that. It's it, They're all very unique. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So when this starts off, it's at King George's castle and they're about to kill James, and execute he's him. being so loud about, I took you in as my son. I'm going, uh, I thought that was a secret <laughs> yeah. both times. Well, it's both just, twins. it's just his, his men that are there. Yeah, they I suppose. Know. That's true. That's a good point. But Regina also knew somehow. How mm-hmm. did she know that? She sees everything. Maybe. <laughs> probably. Or maybe, maybe he's she's got a mirror. Maybe Rumple told her about that deal. Yeah, could be. I was just a little surprised. Like, I was and I wasn't. But when I thought about it more, I was like, hey, George knows Regina, first of all. Yeah, he called her by name, Regina. Yeah, and sounded like he'd seen her frequently in the past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not just by reputation. And she also knew that James wasn't his son. And well, he's a mean, he's a mean guy. So, like all mean people know each other in fairy tales. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> yeah, they have their uh, mean fairy tale party, or as some people I think refer to them as evil regals. That uh, yeah, they evil meet regals. together on Tuesday nights. Regina actually Awkward. looked a little um, normal in her dress. It wasn't even a dress. It was pants. She'd been She's riding apparently pants. Yeah. Or whatever it was. But yeah, it actually looked quite normal and didn't look so queenish or evil queenish. Her hair, everything. I don't know. Something about her actually looked more um, normal. True. Maybe it was her nice high neckline. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Traveling clothes. Yeah. (laughs) That was probably it. But a couple things I noticed... I, we've seen this before, but I've never noticed it before. I haven't. Maybe others have. The soldiers, King George's soldiers, have dragons on their helmets. 
It's huh. uh, coming out from the middle, and then on the side, it's the uh, dragon's head on both sides. Oh, yeah, I'm looking it. at it. Just so across the eyebrows. That. So James killed their mascot. Well, <laughs> no, it's St. George and the dragon, or King, oh. yeah, King, King George and okay. St. George and the dragon. They're kind of mixing those two. Still. And that's the dragon thing. The mascot, or the dragon, was plaguing Midas's kingdom. Oh, yeah. And King George said, my son can beat him. We do that all the time. Yeah, that's going back to episode six, The Shepherd. But when I, when King George is about to kill James, James takes his stance, and it's a stance that's come up a couple times in this episode. Losing my life for love, that's a sacrifice I am happy to make. And he's the one saying that, but later, who actually made the sacrifice? Yes, noted. Yeah. He was happy to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he couldn't really make the sacrifice from where he was. It's not fair of him. True. So now we know why King George is still alive. He somehow escaped from this castle. And he, we could probably, well, yeah, he got the riches that Regina gave, or the kingdom got the riches somehow. Oh, yeah. But he escaped. Maybe. Probably, yeah. Does she always keep her deals? I'm thinking not. I don't know. She may have done that. Well, do you think that's the reason why King, well, King Midas, what's his uh, storybook name? Uh, the district attorney, I can't remember. Yeah, but when he came in and did that favor for her, I wonder if it's because either he knows the curse no. or she was just, she could just have been using him, but it could have been that, you know, he was repaying a favor that he owed her. Well, back then, we'd hypothesized that maybe he had this position of authority because he helped Regina in some way and he was a friend to her in at least some capacity. And now we see what he did is he gave James to her. And in, in like you mentioned, uh, some kind of hint that there was friendliness between the two of them. Outside of the castle, when Snow White and the dwarfs are getting ready to charge, uh, Grumpy had one of the best lines you got someone on your chin. (laughs) Another line that I hadn't noticed before was about, um, I know just the person who can help and who owes me a favor. And it took me a little bit to realize that it was the blue fairy that he was talking about Mm -hmm. because of Nova, the whole Nova Uh incident. Well, they were just saying before that Snow was saying something about air support. Yeah. Right. And that's when he said that. And yeah. Yeah. Fairies. So he's uh, using the whole guilt trip thing <laughs> to get the help of the fairies. Yeah. And what were they dropping on the soldiers fairy from their dust. little fairy satchel things? Yeah. Fairy dust. That's they what they carry fairy dust them. in. Yeah. I thought the fairy dust was going to make them like float infinitely up until it <laughs> ran out and then fall down. I thought fairy dust was supposed to like spread happiness now we it know why nova like was so happiness she was so nervous when it was about to be burned because i don't know is it like more dangerous than just no uh, she was nervous she because, was nervous because yeah i know losing but it. i just never saw fairy dust be used that way unless it can be just used by however the wielder wants it's it's magic fairy That's dust is guess. magic but it's and, diamond dust and they talked about <laughs> that in the episode dreamy that uh all magic or that they, they spread magic from the fairy dust. So it's not just happy thoughts kind of stuff. This is magic That's in right. like, dust. Um, the chat room, we're talking about um, turning people into bugs. I, isn't that what 
the fairy dust did when Snow used it on um, bad those fairy trolls. Dust. That comes oh, that's from a bad, bad fairy. So mm-hmm. we haven't, have we met any bad fairies? No. Unless the blue fairy is still a bad fairy. I don't think she is, but maybe Cinderella's fairy godmother was. Maybe well, Maleficent. Maybe Maleficent's a bad fairy. Ooh. Yeah, the wings, her becoming a dragon. I can see that. Well, yeah, because isn't that how it was in the original original Disney story is that Maleficent was considered one of the fairies also. Uh, she was just a witch. a bad fairy. A sorceress. Nope, I'm chat room saying bad fairy. Really? She was. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I remember too. Uh, so yeah, that, maybe Maleficent gave Snow White that powder. Maybe. How'd she get Which, that? Oh, if... Wait, no. There's a scene I'll talk okay. about later when we get to Storybrooke, but a certain line that alludes to Maleficent coming back. Oh, okay. I was going to uh, theorize of a reason she might come back, but then I thought, no, that doesn't make sense. So I'm looking forward to what you say. So then uh, they decide to rein into this, and Regina kind of hits on James a little bit, which reminds us of last episode. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah, I noticed that, and I was like, Ugh. And she said, I wonder if you'll be so incorruptible after your precious snow is gone, which reminded me of what she did in uh, in Storybrooke is mm-hmm. that she, now that Mary Margaret was out of the picture, kind of, but they were still, David was still wanting to be with Mary Margaret. That's when Snow tried to still corrupt him. And that, I mean, not mean... Snow, but Regina. Yes. Yeah. yeah, let's not bring that back up. <laughs> that's freaky in the dungeon wait before that oh, okay did you notice how grumpy had to like snatch like tug his pickaxe out of the guard's body <laughs> <laughs> like why because it cuts through yes, diamond the only girl the bunch brings that up why because snow went on and on about how it, it can could cut through diamond tangled in the chain mail well it could have been diamond chain mail stuck no. on a lung a rib. Well, I mean, it wouldn't have had trouble going through like skin and bones and armor and stuff if it could cut through diamond, the hardest substance known. The tip can. Maybe it was curved in, so you had to angle it right. I yes. don't get it. I wanted to kind of know what was with all the war cries. It just doesn't. <laughs> it's not consistent with what was said about those pickaxes. Speaking of cries, True. though, it was cool that Red was, um, she howled, and that was a signal. For them to attack, and then the the burning arrow is the signal for the fairies. Yeah, but I so, missed Red howling at first. So by now, Red has enough control over herself that she can go be a wolf, kill people, whatever, <laughs> then come back and be a person. It's that's... gonna be cool. Like you put your robe back on, and you're like, whoa, that's the damage I did. Because she doesn't recall <laughs> she what might. she does. Well, she, she might now because she I knew want to. when she came to the dwarfs and Snow White just before they attacked. She reported something back to them, didn't she? Um, possibly. But basically, she knew what she had oh, done. Oh, yeah. She did say that it was taken they do have James, her. but there's the queens there as well. I yeah. was wondering the same thing. Like, how? what does she just kind of go as the wolf, just kind of wiggle back into the cloak somehow? And <laughs> oh, go, oh yeah. there, that's better. Huh. Noni that's in good. the chat room is saying, red cloak on, red cloak off. <laughs> Engage the cloak. <laughs> I'm glad and that all the important moments happen when there's a full device. moon. And you have to, yeah, the, about the, <laughs> yeah, about the full moon, what, like, can she control it so much that she doesn't need the full moon anymore? Hmm. I don't know, but that first scene when she saw the the blue moon, oh, the blue moon, 
saw the full moon and she says i'm giving you a head start that was really cool though but you're right i i don't know if he saw the moon in this one um no he didn't but we should assume that it's a full moon yeah we should assume but but then every time it's a full moon they're like oh we could be attacked yeah but (laughs) like when it's not a full moon is she like like not useful anymore <laughs> we we don't completely know that but we can probably assume that she's not a wolf when she's when it's not a full moon oh, but it is a full moon moving you, you found a screenshot it is a full it. moon yeah. okay awesome um, full moons must happen a lot but it could in fairy be a, yeah, i was gonna say it's fairy tale land so it could always be a full moon <laughs> in the dungeon scene there are some things to note when james is there inside of the dungeon it's the same cave set that they've used but it's a different prison and the way that we can compare is ignore the walls of the cave look at the actual gate we've seen three different gates in front of the same prison there is uh, rumple's gate which is like giant uh thorns or stakes and it's so you're actually talking about the set the gate that these are specifically different dungeons so you think you think that the dungeons are all the same it's just the gates that are different that differentiate the different places right so so rumpelstiltskins had the giant like thorn spear kind of things dreamy and snow were in two separate cells that had kind of nice looking doors to them two separate doors and then james in this was thrown into a cell where there are uh, square-shaped bars that have little thorns out of them. Well, what so about that, Belle? That's something different. We haven't seen where she is. So the this prison is inside of Evil Queen's place, which someone who is really being observant would have noticed this the first time. I didn't notice it watching it the first time because then we wouldn't have been tricked when Snow White later runs in and we would have realized, oh, different door. So this is a different prison. I didn't notice it the first time. It was funny that uh, Evil Queen mentioned parlay when she was talking through the mirror to Snow White because that's something from, uh, it's not quite a reference, but it was funny in Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean where Lee Ehrenberg, who plays Grumpy, was the guy in there that said, hello, puppet. Mm-hmm. And oh, the, really? uh, the whole conversation about parlay, <laughs> yeah. he was that pirate. I oh, noticed funny. that too. It's I like, I like, know oh, what parlay means. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Star Wars reference, poten- potentially. He, Grumpy also had <laughs> yes. the line, it's a trap. <laughs> Which is sad because, I mean, it's just, it's a trap. Anybody could say that, but us geeks made... would think Wait, Star Wars. <laughs> who said that, did you say? Grumpy. No, no, no. It wasn't Grumpy that wasn't? said that. I oh. think it was Granny. Oh. Oh, maybe she did say it. Granny said it. <laughs> well, maybe she it's just sounded like Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, knew, I remember specifically it oh. was a woman who said it. Oh, really? So I'm thinking it was Granny. Oh, maybe it was her. It's well, a trap. Either way. <laughs> they liked, when they were writing for Lost, whether it was them or just all the writers of Lost, they liked to put in Star Wars references where they could. So I doubt it was Lost on them. Hmm. That was not a pun, Lost hmm. on them. When Snow White then met with Regina at Daniel's grave, we discovered that all this time, Snow didn't know that Daniel had died. So Snow didn't really know why Regina was so mad at her. Just that probably Snow thought, well, Regina didn't want to marry my dad. That's why she's so mad at me, because I ruined her life by that. (laughs) So 
that's part of Snow's surprise in this. Yep. And uh, as as Regina is holding up the apple, and uh, you know Snow White's saying, "Oh, what's this?" And then that's when Regina says, "Did you know the Honeycrisp tree is the most vigorous and hardy of all apple trees?" It can survive temperatures as low as 40 below and keep growing. It can weather any storm. And to this day, I have yet to taste anything more delicious than the fruit it offers. Okay, maybe that's not quite what Regina said. Oh, but thanks for playing it again. <laughs> I, I, was, like listening to that I was wondering. She said it's just a morsel. And I think that is a nod to the original Disney version. Because I think I can remember like the old hag witch saying... <laughs> This is, you know, saying the word morsel. So I just thought her wording was very similar to the Disney version. And speaking of the apple, how did how did James know that it was a bad apple? Because when she <laughs> held it up, she didn't have to say anything. And he yeah, just like reacted so that strongly. bugged me because he waited until no, not she the held apple. the... A lot of people waited to do anything when serious things were happening. Yeah. It, it could have also been that he just realized that Regina had some kind of evil plan and the door was open to the prison cell. She always has an evil plan. Mm -hmm. She just walked out and maybe he was going to try and race out there and grab her, (laughs) but that's when the door closed. What was he thinking? So it might not have been like, oh no, she has an apple. I'm going to stop her because she has an apple, but it might have been... Funny too, when he shook the gate, the whole thing actually did shake. (laughs) So it's probably something that just removed back and forth and used the same cave. But what Evil Queen really did say... Did you know that apples stand for health and wisdom? So why do I get the feeling that one might kill me? It won't kill you. No, what it will do is far worse. Your body will be your tomb. And you'll be in there with nothing but dreams formed of your own regrets. Mm. I wonder if she didn't have any regrets. Because when she was awoken, she didn't really seem frightened or tormented. Well, she saw her prince charming. Yeah, when but she wakes still, up. I mean, going back to the pilot reaction. Do you have that line recorded where she says, um, "He will be killed"? Just the way that she said he will be killed was different from any like voice we've heard her hmm. heard from her so far. Like I just thought that really put her skills, her voice hmm. skills, on display really well because I hadn't like recognize that tone now i want to go back and listen to it again <laughs> <laughs> that could be your ring tone he will be killed he will be killed <laughs> so it, snow white then is sacrificing herself because of what the apple will do it makes me wonder what is it like for henry because at the end of this episode we see henry eat the apple turnover and so he's going to suffer in the same way that snow white suffered So, what are Henry's regrets? What is he going through then after eating this? I don't know. I don't think there's really much, like, torment or anything when they're sleeping. It It sounded like there would be. It did, but it didn't see any reaction with snow. It's probably just wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, an interesting thing about the grave, by the way, was that it did have the heart on it. So, I wonder, did Regina bury him or did the mother... Very, um, Probably I Regina. I was going to say, I doubt Cora would do anything so symbolic. Yeah, me too. Let's or put nice. him in their spot. <laughs> With a heart. She probably would have rather fed him to animals or something. I yeah. thought he would have been cremated. His heart already was. 
<laughs> yeah, juiced. Just like that apple we saw. <laughs> How did Charming like feel whenever, like the exact moment that Mary it's almost Margaret, like he had the same curse. I mean, not put Mary upon Margaret, him. but Snow White. How did he feel like Snow White? How do you feel the exact moment when Snow White ate the apple and was like choking and stuff? That is odd because it was like their hearts were connected. Yeah, and it's not like Regina or Evil Queen had placed some kind of curse on him to only be lifted when Snow eats the apple. It or was maybe true. she did. <laughs> and true love is magical there. Yeah, so there's some kind of connection there because they've fallen in love. And there actually, there must be some more than just true love. Well, I mean, not more, but this is a special kind of true love for them. Magical because, true love. Yes, yeah. because <laughs> this is what Rumpelstiltskin is using to make the curse. It's the even their power is in love. Yeah. It's the most powerful magic of all. So, like Rumpelstiltskin couldn't use just anyone's hair, in, and I'm referring to the episode Heart of Darkness. He had to use Snow White's and Prince Charming's hair. Because maybe they have some kind of magical connection that others don't have. And that's why Emma is the savior to the curse. Or it's actually, we learned that that's just the way Rumpelstiltskin designed the curse. We also saw that the evil queen saw the dwarfs. And she can see anything through her mirror, unless there was some mirror sitting out there in the field. So we now know she can apparently see anywhere anything with the mirror ah oh, but that's not that's still not consistent i i didn't yeah. realize she did that in this one too yeah i know it's it's not she could also see into the prison where she had james and so how is james going to get out that's another thing to consider because the last we see is james is there still in prison regina is still keeping him there well she saw there but it seemed like there was a mirror in there facing him for the little setup for snow. Well, I mean, how how is he getting out? Oh, well, how we don't know, out? Daniel. Yeah. We haven't made it there. Which I keep forgetting because they made this big epic rescue attempt and he wasn't rescued. But I keep forgetting that he wasn't rescued in a way. I'm here to rescue you. I love that. That's, <laughs> yeah. so, that's so Snow White. That's such a Snow White thing to say. <laughs> I'm just laughing at uh, Lila Fay Wood. I think that's how you say it. She said, I'm covering all my mirrors now. <laughs> She's in the chat room. That's what Rumpelstiltskin did. Yeah. Speaking of the chat room, we do this live every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's GMT minus four. Our schedule will change a little bit after the finale. And in fact, what we're probably going to do for our full discussion of the finale episode, we're going to have a lot to include. So we might do a two two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe a two-parter episode on Friday after the finale instead of our normal Wednesday schedule just to give everyone plenty of time to send in their thoughts because there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot to talk about. Now, that's not definite. Check the website for details about that over at onespodcast.com. But anyway, you can join our live show on noodle.mx slash live when we do it live on Sunday nights as well as Wednesday nights. Depending how it goes, too, I'm wondering if we still should do the Storybrooke fairy tale breakup or do it all together because we don't know how it's going to we'll turn see. out. It, it might be a perfect flow. Yeah. We may even have to add a third segment for oh. all we know. You never know. At the very end of this episode, we'll have 
uh, some spoilers sent in by someone. But we'll end the episode, then play the spoilers. So that way, if you don't want to hear spoilers, then you can just stop the episode then and you won't miss anything else. I felt sorry for Regina again, almost when she stood Why? in the barn because she was standing in the barn and she was looking at the place where Daniel died. Oh yeah. I I felt some sympathy there with the too. ring on her finger too. And she quickly pulled it off and put it in. <gasps> Did she? I wondered, I, I wondered because I heard something happen. Huh. See that relates to how Storybrooke opens up when she says, I just wanted to win for once. Mm-hmm. For us, she wanted to win for yes. once. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh wow! Wow. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's like that human side of her is showing mm-hmm. through a lot more. Which I I mentioned she was dressed more mm-hmm. normally, but her personality is coming out, and it's weird because Rumpelstiltskin. That's why I can't. I really hope Maleficent comes in the play because Rumpelstiltskin and Regina both have this human side that you actually start feeling bad for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want an enemy that I will never feel bad for. <laughs> that that does start playing with our minds because, uh, well, we'll talk about this more mm-hmm. as we get into the storybook thing. Seeing her standing there and up on the hill, comparing how she looks now, even compared with how she looked then, and just seeing what her bitterness and her seeking revenge has done to her, the way it's changed her, was an interesting contrast. She also told Snow... I, that she told her, or that she didn't tell her that Daniel died to spare her feelings out of kindness. Do you think that was true? <laughs> was she was she really trying to spare her feelings, even as she was starting to become bitter instantly? Back then, I think so, probably because why? Even remember in that episode, the stable boy, she started to burst out and say, "Why." Why would you do such a thing after I... True. She controlled herself and didn't want to get angry at Snow. And she then. actually did keep from saying that before she found out that Snow was responsible. I now think, that I think about it. I think at the time, she was just planning to masterfully get even with Snow. So she she wasn't... I don't think she was sparing her kindness back then. I think she was thinking and... In, in, like, I think she was being crafty and, and trying to put on a facade of kindness so that snow would trust her and all that because the whole point of this curse was to ruin snow and charming's Mm -hmm. happy ending and that's Mm -hmm. why in this episode why she took james is she told king george that she wanted james so that she could destroy snow it's all about evil queen and snow that's Mm -hmm. their big battle well as from Regina's level. Yes. And then above that is whatever Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> is doing, which is kind of amazing. Grumpy also said that Snow sacrificed herself for all of them, but I couldn't figure out what he meant. Hmm. To save them all from having to fight. That's all I can think of is that it was just turning into this... To make peace. ...war, just like is happening in Storybrooke. Yeah. Because when they started... The dwarfs were going to attack King George's castle to get David or to get James out of there. Now it is they would have to go against Regina. That so, like you're saying, that's an even bigger war. Mm-hmm. But yeah, by her sacrificing herself, that became unnecessary. Mm-hmm. The war that is became unnecessary. Right. So maybe that's what he meant. Moving on to Storybrooke, it starts out with that dream sequence and. The the line in there that I'd seen in the promo for this episode that like really made me think, 
What? How can that happen? You took away our happiness, and now it's our turn to take away yours. And by happiness, I mean life. I have to give them props for their set there. The tree was in the middle of the road. Growing you through the that? pavement. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was amazing. With the black, mushy apples. Yeah. Isn't that how dreams are? And yeah. Crazy, and, but believable. <laughs> and each of the people who spoke said something that was relevant to them. Like Archie or Jiminy said, my conscience is clear. Mm. And uh, uh, Grumpy... Um, I can't remember what he said, but each of them said something relevant to their story, not just, you took away my happiness. Yeah, you took away mine, too. (laughs) I love the door answering, too, when it was just um, Emma. And then it shows all of them, and they really look possessed. (laughs) I mean, especially Dr. Hopper. Yes. (laughs) We'll have a screenshot. On his face was just crazy. It was almost like smiling. Yeah, we'll have a Wide screenshot eyed. of that in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com. Dr. Jekyll. Slash, uh, uh, what is this, 36. <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome for them to do that. And freaky. That could be a cool wallpaper, though. Also, the sword, when Emma swings it, it doesn't like continue to swing and then fades to black. It swings and then just for a split second stops, like she hits something. Oh, I didn't think you it would did. notice. I felt like it went right through my neck. You noticed Grumpy <laughs> pulling an axe that was supposed to go through anything out of someone's chest. Yes, I did. Well, <laughs> that was obvious. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Henry even said in this dream, though, Henry said, you did this to yourself. So dreams, the concept of dreams is that it's stuff in our subconscious. And these things that are being said to Regina in her dream are obviously clear things from her subconscious of each of these characters are saying you did this to me and all of this and then it comes to henry and henry says that you did this to yourself and is that actually what regina is feeling now is that she has done this to herself which really she did because maleficent warned her that the curse will leave a hole in her heart a void that can never be filled by the way um because I know like Henry played a big part in this. He's eating the food. Uh, what you said there with his reaction to how he treated Regina. Um, when you see him after eating the food, she turns around to, to see Henry. He's holding the rope yeah. over his shoulder. <laughs> I seriously thought it was a noose. I know. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's just the rope and it's wrapped in the middle, but it looked like a noose. And which he's is... at the top of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Come on up here. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy dearest. <laughs> I have an apple for you. (laughs) So then we get to see what happens as Emma and Henry try to leave Storybrooke. Now, they actually do cross the sign that says leaving Storybrooke. That's when Emma grabs the wheel and causes them to go. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Henry grabs the wheel (laughs) and causes them to go off road. And when they do, Henry just pleads with Emma. And I can hear the emotion here. They need you. Your family needs you. Excellent job there by Jared Gilmore, who has actually been nominated for an award or won an award. I I can't remember. His acting is always so amazing. He does such a great job. He has done a great job, and I think he's actually improved quite a bit, too, through this. You think so? I think so. I don't know. Maybe I just feel more for his character as it's developing as well, Mm -hmm. but 
And everyone's figuring out their parts a little bit more, yeah. developing mm-hmm. them more. Yeah, everyone has a more solid character, but he, yeah, he he is doing a great job. He had mm-hmm. a bunch of really dramatic lines in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. He just he carried them out so well. When he says your family needs you, it seemed like in some way Emma related to that because she re- before referred to Mary Margaret as kind of like family, and Mary Margaret brings that up again later in this episode that uh, they're like family. And does that indicate that Emma is believing or is she just thinking that the like family kind of thing? I love how Mary Margaret just chewed her out when she got home. (laughs) I don't know. You just left. How dare you? Mommy Mary Margaret. (laughs) Mad at Emma for running away from home. Very mommy-ish in this episode. (laughs) Go to your room. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice how smart Henry was? He didn't just, when he left, he didn't just put stuff in the bed because Regina wakes up from the dream and she goes to check on Henry. He didn't just put stuff in the bed to make it look like he was there. He turned on a flashlight as though he's sneaking time reading his book. Yeah. yeah. Read or reading comics too. That was the uh-huh. other thing he yeah. frequently read. Yeah. Clever the Avengers. Kid. Oh. <laughs> well, there is uh I heard this isn't a spoiler, but I heard there is going to be a little Avengers nod in the finale. Sweet. Mm. Like Thor shows up. and beats regina on the head (laughs) iron man well regina goes to mr gold's place and there is so much gold and we got a a bunch of feedback on this conversation that regina and mr gold had there's so much gold at mr gold (laughs) yeah that's what i heard me too (laughs) i didn't see any he makes gold (laughs) (laughs) she takes the apple and what do you think makes her think that the apple is an indication that the curse is weakening. I don't know. I apple she... trees die. It's just what happens. It's one of the things she brought with her. I she don't... only had a few things she did bring. That's a good point. That is a good point. She and doesn't that... understand the curse very much, it seems like. She's always, the more things happen that she didn't expect or that she doesn't understand, the more she goes to him knowing that he knows. And she's... She asks him, why is my tree dying? He doesn't answer. She just says, I think it's because the curse is weakening, which could be the case. Might not be, though. She was emotional when she Mm -hmm. went to him for the curse, and she was being rash when Mm -hmm. she enacted the curse. So, yeah, that makes sense to me why she wouldn't know much about it. She's even telling him, and I don't know where this whole if Emma dies, the curse breaks thing came from. They've just been kind of keeping that from us. We got some great feedback on that. I'll share in a moment. Okay. She says, she says, change it. And of course, he's explaining to her now that he can't because there's no magic. Shouldn't she understand that? Right. I think she's getting desperate. Yeah. But she, she knows he designed it and she knows he designed it specifically so that Emma could break the curse. She doesn't know why. She doesn't know why he created the curse in the first place. But yeah, like you're saying, she doesn't really know much about it because she says, or they both are saying together that the curse was created to take away Snow's happiness. Right. Snow and Prince Charming. Mm-hmm. But they, when, when Mr. Gold uh, and Regina both say it together that killing Emma would break the curse, we got some great feedback on this from uh, Slurpees108 says, Dear Ones Podcast, in An Apple Red is Blood, we learned that Regina learnt, believes Mr. Gold has designed the curse so that it can be only broken if Emma dies. 
My theory is that Mr. Gold is simply lying to Regina in order to preserve Emma's life. Mr. Gold wouldn't risk telling Regina how to break the curse. He wants to have the upper hand over Regina. If the way to break the curse really were to kill Emma, then Mr. Gold could easily have killed her through his dubious methods. We've already seen Rumpelstiltskin kill others without a second thought. He doesn't want her dead, though. He needs her. That's interesting. He needs her so that the curse will still be upon them, whatever you want to say, (laughs) so he can find Bay. Yeah, and Slurpees continues. Mr. Gold said to Regina that Emma would have to die for the curse to be broken, but what if he is just saying that to prevent Regina from killing Emma? It could be that Mr. Gold wants Emma's life to be preserved, and the only way to ensure Regina doesn't kill Emma is to make Regina believe that the curse is tied to Emma's life. As long as Emma lives, the dark curse continues, and Regina keeps her power. That would be a very crafty lie indeed, and Mr. Gold is keen of craftiness. Also, when Regina told Mr. Gold that she had used her sleeping curse on Emma, Mr. Gold had a look of real concern, not one of smugness like we've seen before. I think Mr. Gold needs Emma to be alive and well for the curse to be broken. We've already seen that her mere presence in Storybrooke is enough to weaken the curse. While I don't have a fully formed idea of how the curse will be broken, I think it will involve Emma not only believing, but will also involve everyone else believing and defeating Regina. We've already seen that has that as the curse grows weaker, so do Regina's apples in Storybrooke. The tree seems to be tied up with Regina's power. Mr. Gold doesn't seem intent on her dying, but rather he seems very intent on waiting on wanting Emma to believe. Thanks again for all of your great commentary and podcast. Sincerely, Slurpees108. Do you think that look of concern was because he could see the future and he could see that Henry was gonna... I don't think he can see the future in Storybrooke. I don't think he can anymore. You don't think so? It's a great question, but he has already said, and uh, Regina has also said and acknowledged that there... There isn't much magic. And in fact, when Regina asks him to change the curse, this is what he says. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. Magic? Well, it's in short supply around here and dwindling by the minute. If he did have magic, here's my theory. If he did have magic, then when August tried to use the dagger, it would have worked. Because the dagger is how Rumpelstiltskin got his magic. And so if Mr. Gold did have any magic, then the dagger would have some influence or control over him. And it didn't. Right. By the way, I agree with uh, um, Slurpees on the idea of the tree uh, reflecting the curse. Because in the very beginning, we see the tree perfect. And now we're seeing it rotten. However, I think it goes along with uh, August. Him being a real boy. And then once time started again, he started turning Mm. into wood, um, how basically things are losing their magic. And that is a magical tree, it appears. For one, it's from Fairytale Land, and it's been in the, you know, the family for generations. So I definitely think it needs magic to survive. And symbolically, what did Emma do in the second episode? Yeah, she cut the the limb down, which is pretty sweet. (laughs) Yeah, started Mm -hmm. breaking the curse just by her being there. And then uh, that symbolism there from the tree. Yeah, Reg- Regina expressed a lot of concern at that point. So she definitely believes that the tree dies, the curse is, you know, at least shows that it's been broken. 
So Regina offers anything, and we talked about this in our initial reactions, episode 35 over at onespodcast.com slash 35. It could be Belle uh, that maybe she's holding on to that. Well, Rapunzel sent in a voicemail or a message saying, so this week we, we saw Regina seek the help of Mr. Gold to find a way of getting rid of Emma. And there was that one moment where Gold said she had nothing left to bargain with him. Regina could have brought up Belle, and I think many of us thought she would, but she didn't. I think Regina wants to hold her information about Belle to herself until it is a life-or-death situation. Therefore, I think Regina is going to reveal that Belle is alive in the upcoming episode when trying to enlist the help of Mr. Gold to help cure Henry. She didn't tell Gold in this episode because she was only metaphorically losing Henry. But now she actually is losing him, so she's going to use her leverage to enlist him. Hmm. That's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Because Emma did say that she used her superpower and could tell that Regina genuinely was going to take care of Henry. And that was later in the episode. So this is a good idea that maybe that's what is the biggest thing to Regina that she will bring up Belle, maybe in the finale, as uh, that bargaining chip to get Mr. Gold to change the curse. I'm wondering what would happen if Mr. Gold refused the offer to uh, to have Belle back. Oh. I mean, he did this whole curse for his son, and that would be the ultimate Rumpelstiltskin still inside of him type thing if he refuses that just to have his son and try to continue on with his plans. Well, when he finds his son, it'd be like, hey, Bay, look, <laughs> found well, a mother. <laughs> either he doesn't uh, isn't going to accept Belle or she's not going to recognize him because she very well may not remember what happened and she doesn't know of the curse and she might think she's insane. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why we think she's down there in the basement of the, mm-hmm. the hospital, besides the fact of being hidden from Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold. So Gold won't help Regina, but he refers to the fact that he's planning a trip. Mm-hmm. He, if he's planning a trip, then that tells us two things. One, he probably knows where he wants to go. Or where Bay is. Yeah, or he has some theory about where Bay is. And two, that he's never left Storybrooke before. Well, it doesn't necessarily tell us that. I think it does, because later on, when Regina comes back and says, I found a way to do this, so you better, I, wish, or I hope you got travel insurance, because you're going to stay right here where you belong. The curse is going to get even stronger. Now, yes, that could indicate by saying the curse will get stronger. That could indicate that he can no longer come and go. Or it could also indicate, and I think it leans in the direction of he's never been able to go before. That could be true. He got Henry somehow, but I guess he might not have gone himself. We got an email in from Claudia saying, Hello, everyone. The past few episodes, including the most recent one, has shown that for some unknown reason, Mr. Gold wants the curse broken. By the way... I think our the reason is that he wants to go find Bay. That's why he wants the curse broken. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happens exactly when the curse is broken, but I never assumed it meant going back to fairy tale land. I believe that with Emma breaking the curse, it may mean that the people of Storybrooke may be able to leave Storybrooke, which may explain why Mr. Gold wants the curse broken. Rumpel still mourns the loss of his son, and finding Bay was the reason for creating the curse in the first place. Now that the curse is enacted and Rumpel is in our world, he needs Emma to break it so that he may leave and find Bellfire, thus achieving his happy ending. 
Just my thoughts. Thanks for the awesome podcast from Claudia. I think I agree. I wouldn't have separated the transportation and the lost identities. I would have thought they were all part of the curse. But I'm starting to think, especially because of what was said in this episode, that breaking the curse just means waking everyone up, which they actually, I think for the first time, referenced in this episode. Yeah, Regina said that she would wake up Paige. Well, Gold also said to her that eventually everyone was going to wake up Mm -hmm. and kind of come after her. Yeah, that that phrase, waking up, I think it describes that they, well, what they are. They're kind of in this dream state, sort of not knowing who they really are and all of this in a world that seems normal to them. But also it indicates that, like you mentioned before, Jeremy, that Regina doesn't really understand the curse because when she talks to Jefferson later, she says that if Emma dies, Jefferson would go back to his little uh, hovel Mm. selling, what was it, moss at the local store? Fungus. Fungus. Mushrooms. So she believes that if the curse is broken, everyone goes back to Storybrooke. I think Mr. Gold believes and probably knows that if the curse is broken, they stay where they are because that's how he created the curse so he could get to Bay. Right. Dan, how about you read the next email from Karen? Sure. Uh, It says, Mr. Gold hasn't found Belfire and he wants the curse broken to go on a trip. Leave Storybrooke to go find Belfire, which also means I don't think he left Storybrooke to go get Henry but he had to bring Henry to Storybrooke in order for the curse to be broken. But why, oh, why did he give Henry to Regina? Uh, quick note, most recent episodes, Mary Margaret was grilling Emma just like a mother would do. And then, you guys are wonderfully awesome. I hope for some occasional podcast over for the summer break. Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, yeah, there will Karen. be some podcasts over the I feel awkward break. saying you guys are wonderfully awesome when it's directed <laughs> to us. <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> yeah, so we, I think that's what uh, last episode, not last episode, the episode before last showed is that the whole reason Mr. Gold created the curse was so that he could get to Bay. And do you think he gave Henry to Regina so that Regina would have a strong weakness? Because that is like her number mm. one weakness. If she loses Henry, I mean, she'll she'll do anything for him. And if she loses him, she'll do anything to get him back. Hmm. Or it could be that bringing Henry here was a kind of lure to eventually get Emma here to Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that possibly might I mean, be I, I better. I think either could work. Because we don't know how elaborate his plan is. It must be pretty elaborate if... If he prophesied that Snow and Charming's baby on its 28th birthday, 28 years later, would come and the final battle would begin. So there might be something much more elaborate that he knows about that we have yet to see. And yet, it's been hinted that he didn't really remember until Emma showed up, which might confuse some of the thoughts about why he picked Henry of all children. Hmm. True. Or or maybe he remembered the whole time, but just he didn't know who Emma was until she introduced herself. Maybe. Then moving on uh, from there, uh, well, one last thing to point out is 
Mr. Gold spun the globe that was there, I think almost as if indicating that he's going to eventually get free run of the world after this. He can go anywhere once the curse is So you think episode broken. two will not be in Storybrooke? Season two, you mean? Season two, yes. <laughs> Re- I don't know. Regina spun the globe. Mr. Gold was just playing with well, his. They, they both did. Mr. Gold spun it first when he said, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Then later when she came back and said, I found a way. She spun the globe. Hope you can get a refund on your trip. Or yeah. I when, forget what she said. Hope she you bought travel back. insurance. Yeah. I hope you have travel insurance, which I totally <laughs> didn't get that statement, but I will. Did you notice that the globe that he had, that he was playing playing with, quote unquote, <laughs> was sort of blackish? Yeah, what was with the black oceans? And like the neon colored land. Mm-hmm. Well, And the one that she had was like a lighter wooden color. Actually, I think it was the other no. way around. No, he his did have this blackish look to it which made me think of the apple in the beginning like all the water on his was um black here's the thing his shop was suddenly full of globes yeah i saw at least four yeah which i don't remember ever seeing before I i wonder if there's something built into the curse that he will get his magic back after the curse is broken i i would think so i guess that could be scary. Would he be that stupid? <laughs> that the magic that made him the way he was is why he lost his son in the first but place. But he loves it. He yeah. loves it. That's true. He didn't go with Bay because he loves his magic. He so had a long time to think about it though. So maybe he's trying to figure out a way to keep Bay and his magic. Maybe. Later on, when Jefferson then came to the mayor's office, she'd left that sign for him and he read it. Well, we see, like we mentioned in the initial reactions over at oncepodcast.com slash 35. Jefferson is back. He didn't yeah. disappear. And she doesn't seem to know that he was gone. And we got an email in from Gabrielle with a theory on this. Hey guys, just wanted to run a possible theory past you about Jefferson. Originally, I thought he returned to Wonderland slash Fairytale Land. However, after tonight's episode, I think that maybe he just teleported to a different part of Storybrooke. That's my latest and only theory at this time. I hate what happened to Henry and can't wait for the finale. Thanks for reading. Sincerely, Gabrielle. Do you think the hat that Emma made had only enough magic to take care of one trip or something? Yeah, or or do something. I I really think Emma did make a magic hat. Yeah, because it was whoosh and it was gone. (laughs) Why would it only go somewhere else in Storybrooke? That's kind of a weak hat. Well, she doesn't believe yet, so yeah. she would produce weak magic at this point. I guess that could be. And like we mentioned in the initial reactions, Jefferson did not say anything about that to Regina. Right. He only said that he had tried making the hat. I still like the thought that he's been somewhere else and he's got an ace up his sleeve. She mm-hmm. said to him, by the way. <laughs> I love your card reference there. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> she said, as an aside... That if he'd wanted to kill her, he could have done it 28 years ago. Doesn't that mean he wasn't trapped in his house like we were saying? That's what I had thought, too, because that would imply that he could roam about. And maybe he was talking about Storybrooke as his prison, not his house. I would think so. She said, when I brought you here, which I wonder if when Regina made the curse or enacted the curse, it affected all of the regular fairytale land, not the other worlds. Jefferson was maybe still trapped in Wonderland. So Regina took someone with her, maybe one of her expendable red shirts, and took someone with her into the hat again, got Jefferson, brought him into Storybrooke, 
put him in the house, locked him there maybe, somehow. But without and, magic. Um, well, maybe this was all part of enacting the curse. She did this. I don't know about that. Uh, it's Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of a stretch, but... I agree yeah, with that, you, Jeremy. <laughs> I think Storybrooke was his prison, and he could roam about Storybrooke. Or continuity, or... I'm did okay he actually <laughs> say that the house was where he was trapped? Yes. Well, we at least know he can go a mile away from the house. No, he said this house never able to leave the house wait before she started breaking the curse yes okay before because i was the after at least he can he can escape it doesn't really add up though because if she the line that she said was when i brought you here and they Mm -hmm. were in her office they were in her office when she said that they weren't in jefferson's house well she meant storybrooke i think yeah she knows that the curse is weakened so that's how he's able to get around now but maybe there was some opportunity before he got locked into his house that he could have done something i suppose so uh regina promises to wake grace up and then when he doesn't like that she agrees to give them new false memories she doesn't have any magic how's she gonna do that yeah. and well, doesn't he know that huh? yeah that's true regina went to rumple and or mr gold and asked to rewrite the curse and he said he couldn't and we got a voicemail on that from chris hi i just started uh, just finished watching uh an apple red as blood and I noticed with getting back to the last week's podcast that the Mad Hatter asked Regina to write him a new story like getting back to what you were saying last week maybe it was actually Regina who wrote the book although I don't know why she would have written it but perhaps that's why Anyways, thanks for the great podcast, and this is Chris from Patio Media Chat. Good idea, Chris. I don't know why Regina wrote it. But here's the thing. (laughs) The storybook contains the information about Emma. Regina didn't know that, and that's why, remember, she was upset at Henry in the pilot episode or the second episode, upset at Henry for ripping those pages out. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to know where they were because she wanted to know about Emma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I interject back into the hat idea? I was thinking, why did Regina not just use the hat herself? And See, the idea is, I'm thinking she thought um, that she would have needed someone who knows the hat to go in and get what she needs in case they didn't come out. Almost like fearful and playing chicken because she didn't have the guts to go ahead and do this herself um and then the other idea is once we learn a little bit later on how he was explaining the hat to her there's a lot of things i guess she didn't really know about the hat so maybe she didn't know how it was supposed to be used but still i thought she would have tried to to use the hat herself before calling in jefferson and making a deal well maybe she did she said it on the floor and it didn't do anything so she called jefferson (laughs) yeah he had to tell her how to use the hat and by the way, did, didn't did he spin the hat the first time we saw him use it? Yeah. yeah, there were a couple things when he was working with the hat. Like, the way he was talking made it sound like he was acting like, oh, looks like it didn't work. Yeah, that I don't, sounded acted. I don't think he really is making a deal with her. He's not. He's well, not telling her everything. He's a mysterious character because he seems very neutral, more so than Rumple, because Rumple seems evil and you don't really trust his, what, when he does something good, you don't really trust him. Mm-hmm. He does seem like a neutral character. I mean, he could go either way, either good or evil. 
the only good I really see in him is his love for his daughter, Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Other than that, I mean, he really seems like he's just driven by love to do evil, similar to the genie. He doesn't like Regina at all. So I doubt he's evil. I think he's just, just like looking out for his family. I think Mm -hmm. he's kind of like golden that way. He's Mm -hmm. just looking out for his family and he doesn't care who gets trampled along the way. If anybody does get trampled. When they went into that room with all of those artifacts and we'll have some screenshots of those, nothing really stood out to me except I saw some books in the corner of that room and that is the heart vault. Are you sure? Yes. I didn't and see any gold here, boxes. Here's why. In Regina's office? No. Oh, in, okay. In the... Well, yeah, they um, were under the mausoleum. In mausoleum, yes. Right. Because here's why. Uh, a couple indications I saw. When you first see them walking down the stairway into the room, you see a door behind them. Mm-hmm. And it's, of course, a narrow stairway. You see a door behind them, yeah. and the door is in some kind of room. Oh. matches perfectly to what we saw in The Heart is a Lonely I didn't Hunter. think that was a question. I just assumed... But, and also, well, there's a thing about where'd this room come from? In the episode, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, uh, seventh episode, when Regina walks down the steps to the heart vault area, at the bottom of the steps, there was kind of one square with a brick archway on the right side. And then she walked past that into another square, another brick archway on the right side. And then the last part was the curtain with the heart Mm -hmm. vault. So she passed two of these little squares in okay. this episode. We never, well, back in that seventh episode, we never saw to the left of Regina hmm. on that first square. In this episode, we see them walk down the stairs and turn left at the first square, which is where this big room is. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. There were a bunch of like, like kettles, like tall yeah. candles and oil lamps or something. That was my biggest issue. She says, the only magic in this world is in the things that she brought with her. So then she takes one box off a pocket in the side of the wall, and it's those little <laughs> trinkets in that box. I'm like, what is all the rest of that junk on your shelves? It, it has no magic. Why do you keep it? What is going well, some on? Some elements here? weren't magical in the other world. Otherwise, Mr. Gold would have magic. Maybe yeah. she's sentimental. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was thinking, too, the card that she left on um, Paige or Grace's uh, bike was the the white rabbit mm-hmm. always saying I'm late and the idea of time, which I wonder if that, if we'll mm. notice that later and that maybe has given, I don't know. I don't really know how the hat has the magical properties, but the idea of time gives me the idea of the white rabbit. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was going to actually going to jump back into Henry going to see Pinocchio. Well, too, before we jump into that, um, the, the concept of time is important here because Jefferson told Regina, think of the time and place. So this hat can transport slightly through time. Now, when we rewatched this episode, Dan, you and I were disagreeing about this because you were <laughs> yes, saying you we didn't were. want them having time travel. I was saying it's not time travel. I think it's world travel. Here's Here's a way to think of it. Time is typically drawn as a straight line. It's one dimension. It just progresses. Multiple worlds would be, uh, well, well, just to say fairy tale land and storybook, are two lines parallel, but not necessarily lining up with each other. So it's not to say 30 years now 
is 30 years past in storybooks. So they're not necessarily time traveling, they're world jumping to a specific place. No, because then if they entered Storybrooke and it was a different time, then they would have entered Storybrooke many years ahead. I mean, that- if, if the two times were completely parallel and you could only go between them, that's that's just a but, space Yeah, but the curse is already done in Fairytale Land and then they move into here. So they at least went backwards in time. Mm-hmm. If they did the parallel jump, this is ridiculous. Re- ridiculous argument (laughs) oh man so if they did the parallel jump from fairytale land to a storybook even if there's a time difference then when they go back they would at least jump no sooner than when they originally jumped from they're they're not going to make it that complicated and there's no way they were getting the hat out at the exact parallel moment that snow bit the apple in fairytale land he said direct the hat to the time and place and Mm -hmm. that's what she did yeah and so you could, I mean, to open that up is to open up time travel because you could go to a different world and then go to a different time back in the world you just came from and you've just time traveled even with an extra hop. By the way, the chat room is saying, um, uh, Aliascape says, I say they travel through time. Anything else is too confusing. Yeah. It's sad when you say traveling to, through time is more <laughs> understandable than anything else. But what I, I want to know is can the hat always time travel? Or is it just when there's only enough magic to slip your hand through? Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. question. Because like Wonderland, is Wonderland on the same time or is it on a different time? I mean, because Jefferson's had that hat for a long time. So he could have mm-hmm. just gone and undone what he did before if he could time travel with that hat. But my, my point is maybe they can't time travel within the same world but they can travel to a different time if it's to a different world. And then travel to a different time in the world they just came from. So it really <laughs> oh, yeah. doesn't matter. Well, so let's talk about I, Pinocchio because yes. it's less um, Before, let me crazy. close this door because I think they closed this door as well, is that they said they used up their magic. So there was True. no more magic for the hat. So I think that's for us and for them that they're closing that door to say, we can't use the hat anymore. No more traveling, no right. more time travel. The hat is done. Which is nice. Yeah. But no more magical hearts then. (laughs) Speaking of Pinocchio, can I just say that I really enjoyed the sound of August wood knee hitting the hardwood floor. (laughs) I just loved they actually, you know, paid attention to that detail. Oh, funny. Because his knee is wood and so was the floor. So it just wouldn't have made, I was listening for it. I was, I was like, (laughs) oh, he's kneeling. I wonder if that's going to make a sound. (laughs) And I was so glad that they, that they added that sound. So thank you very much for paying attention to detail. I like to, when he said to Henry, um, you know, let me show you the unvarnished truth or now take a look at the unvarnished truth. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. The varnished idea. But his idea arm was all shiny. And you, I know, you it was varnished. It varnished. And you or Jeremy <laughs> said, oh, did he just lie again? And oh, yeah. I he was expecting to fingers. see his nose. Yeah, We or, got more of a confirmation of why he's turning back into wood. He said, because I haven't exactly been a good boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and another thing. We know Regina's room is, you know, 108. August is number two, which I didn't really think of before. But number two was the second story that they created, uh, Disney made. Pinocchio was. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so sad for August when he said that soon it's going to be hard to breathe. So what's going to mm. happen? He's going to die. He's just going to die? He's going to get severe oak allergies. Probably, yeah, <laughs> just turn into wood and Poor not actually be salad. not be the wooden boy, but just Man, be turned just into, be yeah. a puppet. Maybe he can be turned back then, though. Poor, poor August. Oh, and can I give my theory on Maleficent coming? I'm going to give it. 
<laughs> it jumps after Pinocchio, but it goes right into Emma's discussion with Dr. Hopper. Um, basically, Emma says, or Dr. Hopper says, in many ways, your arrival has awoken a sleeping dragon. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And Maleficent turned into the dragon uh, in this in the you're very smart in the story i won't say that i won't say that very often <laughs> and in the pilot when the curse was um coming in the dark cloud there was a dragon flying ahead of the curse that you saw just a brief huh. clip of it as the curse was coming toward the castle well, that's interesting that could have been maleficent yeah hmm. so they uh they got the apple. Regina got the apple. Yeah, and she's she says, How to get the savior to taste my forbidden fruit. Oh my gosh. Now that line. I have a pet peeve here. Do not say that, well, it's an apple because the fruit in the tree of the Garden of Eden was an apple. No, it wasn't. There's nothing that says it was an apple. It probably almost definitely was not an apple. And please do not say it's because apples do not grow in the Middle East. We don't know where the Garden of Eden was. It was wiped out by a global flood. And if you want more information about that, then just listen to one of my other podcasts where I talk about <laughs> biblical history. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in disagreement on that with you. <laughs> Otherwise, I get a lecture later. Yeah. Well, it could have been an apple, but it doesn't say anything about it being an apple. So actually, it could not have been an apple. And oh. there, anyway. Yes. Moving on. So the <laughs> but, answer comment. to her question mm. is: Welcome to cooking with Regina Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That apple turnover did look pretty good. She goes to gloat to Mr. Gold, and he says, so you made magic from magic? Yeah. You're like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, which, let me play this whole clip, because it's really interesting what they say. By sacrificing the last bit of magic I had left. So you made magic from magic? Well, I'm sure I don't have to remind you that uh, all magic comes with a price. Then you can pay it. Because now, the curse is going to be stronger than ever, and you will be right here where you belong. How did she not even consider that that plan would backfire? Like, (laughs) how did she not even consider that Emma might actually give it to somebody? (laughs) Or, like, throw it away? Well, when, when Regina pulled it out of the oven... The way Emma looked at it actually did almost look like Emma was thinking, ooh, that looks good. I want to bite. <laughs> but originally, it wasn't Regina's plan for Emma to take it with her as she left. Regina didn't know Emma would be leaving. That's why Emma came to Regina's house is to say, I'm leaving. And then it, it surprised Regina yeah. that she showed up. So, And then as they're negotiating, she's like, but you'd still be a part of his life. And it's sort of like... If I can translate, let's be clear. I still need to put you to sleep permanently, <laughs> even though you're trying to leave. Yeah. So Regina, then going back to that scene in Mr. Goldshop, she thinks she won over this. As she always does. And that goes back to what she said in her dream is, I just wanted to win for once. Mm-hmm. So this is all about winning? Winning over what? She well, just wants to win. <laughs> Winning's nice. <laughs> winning's fun exactly that's right she says that in the beginning so she says winning's fun oh yeah. <laughs> they just wanted to win for once yeah hmm. when emma was or when yeah emma and henry were there at mary margaret's and henry asked her you really don't believe mm-hmm. as she's telling him no more fairy tales no more curses all of this he says you really don't believe 
she doesn't answer. She kind of avoids the question. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't want to hurt him. Yeah. Well, that, or she told him no more curses. Yeah. So is it that she doesn't want to hurt him or that she's starting to question? I don't think she is. I think she's completely sold that there is no such thing as curses and no such thing as magic and stuff. But that's why Henry was so cool. Like, he's mm-hmm. so brave. He knew it would happen. Mm-hmm. And he just took a bite anyway. He so even, brave. He even told her... That she was just scared, and it happens to all heroes, and this is the low moment before you begin to fight back. Yeah, yeah that was and awesome. I think that's what's happening next week. Yeah, just just in her voice, the way she was like, Henry, like she totally doesn't believe anything that he's saying. And his last words to her. You may not believe in the curse, or in me, but I believe in you. And her last words to him were something about <laughs> wanting milk with it. <laughs> no, Ice cream. Like, Henry. Oh, <laughs> Henry. And she's not moving. There's a, like a, you know. That kind of drove you insane, didn't down. it? Yes. <laughs> That's because they were framing the shot so that it looked just like Regina standing over Snow White. Uh, but put yourself <laughs> in her place is that she's probably questioning whether Henry is really doing this or Still if he's just playing along. Mother, right? son, mother's wouldn't just stand there, hands on the side. I know they're trying to get the same similar scene. Well, she was shocked. Give her five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe she thought he was, like, faking it. It's okay. I'm so- sure in the next episode she'll make up for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we've talked about a lot for this episode, and we need to wrap this up, but there's, I know, so much more to talk about, and that's what our forums are great for. So, go over to oncepodcast.com and join the forums, or you can also check out the show notes for this episode and get some of the screenshots that we mentioned over at oncepodcast.com slash 36. Now, this is going to be an awesome finale, so please do not miss the finale. I know it's Mother's Day. Tell your mom, wait, mom, the finale for Once Upon a Time is coming on, and this is my happy ending, so let me watch this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, or better yet, no, this is even better suggestion. Invite your mom to watch it with you. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for fixing that. Say that you're doing it for your mom. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love get you her so to much, listen. mom. Say it's I want based you to on watch motherly love, yeah. which is funny, actually. It's going to be. I Happy think. Mother's and, Day. I'm yeah. giving you the gift of once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, then, time. and then show her how to listen to our podcast, <laughs> too. So uh, we, we really hope that you will catch the live airing of the episode this Sunday. And what we'll be doing is like we do every Sunday that there's an episode, we'll have a live chat room going on over at noodle.mx slash live. Now this is just for the Eastern Daylight Time and Central Time airings uh, because of the time zone differences. It, it you know If you're there early and you're in Pacific Time, you're going to see spoilers of what's going on. But uh, check it out over at noodle.mx slash live as we record our initial reactions then 30 minutes after the episode. So at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, that's GMT minus four, over at noodle.mx slash live. And we might take some live calls for that. And we'll have the chat room going all that time. And it would be just totally awesome. And then, like I said, what we're probably going to do, watch for a final announcement on the site, is instead of a regular Wednesday episode, we might delay it to be Friday evening. Uh, That way it gives you plenty of time to gather your thoughts. And we might have a two-parter episode. So that way we don't have to wrap things up and try and just close it out because there will be so much to talk about, I'm sure. And also, Jeremy will be gone on Wednesday, so it works out well to 
do it on Friday night so all of us can be together. But watch for a definite announcement for that on the site over at onespodcast.com. Please send us your thoughts and theories about the finale when it comes up. You can send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab and record something straight from your computer that way. And follow us on Twitter as oncepodcast. And you can also follow each of us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Phlegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So make sure that you check out everything over at oncepodcast.com. Show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 36. And remember, do what you're skilled at and make yourself at home. Thanks for listening. Stick around for spoilers after the music. Otherwise... We'll see you next time. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. One of our listeners was kind to send in this little spoilers bit for us, and this is about the finale. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, then stop the episode now, and you won't miss anything else. And that's the end of the episode. To the finale and beyond, this is Feature Chapters. ABC says of A Land Without Magic, Emma and Regina team together in order to find a way to save Henry's life. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, Prince Charming attempts to escape from the evil queen's clutches in order to reunite with Snow White, who, unbeknownst to him, has already taken a bite of the queen's poison apple. Guest cast includes Lee Ehrenberg as Leroy Grumpy, David Anders as Dr. Whale, Jamie Dornan as Sheriff Graham Huntsman, Keegan Connor Tracy as Mother Superior Blue Fairy, Megan Ori as Red Riding Hood, Ruby, Kristen Bauer as Maleficent, Beverly Elliott as Granny, Emily DeRaven as Belle, Gabe Kutith as Mr. Clark slash Sneezy, Michael Coleman as Happy, Gerard Joseph as Billy, Sebastian Stan as Jefferson, Ingrid Torrance as Severe Nurse, and Charles Zuckerman as Black Knight Number 1. It looks like we'll be seeing Dornan as the Huntsman since Sheriff Graham is kinda dead, but that might not be the case. Promotional pictures reveal several scenes in the hospital, including Henry lying on a hospital bed. Moving on to Season 2, we might see Peter Pan, Rapunzel, and Mulan. Furthermore, we are promised the counterpart of Dr. Whale. Thank you so much for sending in those spoilers for us. Everyone, thank you for listening, and check out oncepodcast.com.